Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much for subscribing to this channel. Please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website. It's really easy to do. And thank you in advance for that support. It does make a difference. I was reminded of my early days in Unity attending Christ, it was then called Christ Church, it was then called Christ Church Unity on Altadena Avenue here in San Diego. And Robert Stevens was a minister. We're going back a lot of years ago. And I can remember sitting in church one Sunday and he was talking about um, creativity. And he said, everybody's creative. And I remember hearing that and thinking, you know, I don't know if you do this with me, but I would argue with him in my mind. So I suspect that you argue with me in your mind too. Anyway, I was arguing with him in my mind. I thought, I'm not creative. You know, I had this certain concept of what a creative person is, and I didn't fit that concept in my own mind. But he went on to say, we create the life that we're living. And some of us are tremendously creative in creating beautiful lives, and some of us create some pretty significant messes. I did not like what he said. But you know, what he said has so much truth and wisdom in it. So much truth and wisdom in it. We have tremendous power within us. The power of the mind, the power of the heart, the power of consciousness, and all of that then influences and shapes and directs the kinds of decisions we make and the actions that we take, including this broad idea that we've been exploring together throughout this month, this idea of how do we remain poised under pressure when life happens in a way that we find really difficult or painful or upsetting or frightening? How do we maintain our center so that we are better equipped to deal with whatever that is? And in this series, if you've been with us, you know that I have been pulling from the practice of um, the martial art practice of Aikido, something that I practiced a number of years ago for a few years. Aikido is a Japanese martial art that was founded in 1940 by Moriai Ushiba. He had been very accomplished as a young man in all of the kinds of martial arts and swordsmanship that were popular in his day, but he was also a very deeply spiritual person. And though he got to a point in his life where he could pretty much meet anyone who wanted to take him on, he was really dedicated to peace. And he decided and had a moment where in one such encounter where he defeated the person who was attacking him or trying to attack him or challenge him, he had a moment where he felt that winning in that way isn't really winning. And he began to, I guess, go even deeper inside of himself and developed this martial art called Aikido. And the reason that I had wanted to take part in this was because I wanted to feel in my body the kinds of things, the principles that we teach in metaphysics and science of the mind and in unity, principles of flow, principles of what it really is like to be centered, to feel one's own power, not power over someone else, but to feel authentic spiritual power and to be able to use that in a positive way in life. And in that practice, 
Um, it's a rigorous practice. It's very hard on the body. It's one of the reasons I, I didn't continue with it. But the concepts that are at the heart of Aikido, the concept of working with energy, the concept of being able to move through, in the case of the art, a physical attack, protecting oneself and not harming the other, had so many practical implications for how to live ordinary life out of the dojo in a more positive way, in a more centered way. There are shapes that are associated with Aikido. We've talked about some of those shapes. We're going to conclude with one shape this morning, my addition to some of the shapes of Aikido. The shape of the circle, if you ever watch Aikido in action, it's very fluid. It's very circular in the movements. You come into and around the physical form of your partner or your attacker to neutralize or to deflect the energy. And when we think of circle in a spiritual context, it's really about compassion. It's really about blending. It's really about being able to flow with and combine with and move with instead of being in rigid, resistant opposition. We looked at the shape that's represented in Aikido, but it's also, I think, part of, of um, certain practices in yoga, the square, meaning the idea of a solid foundation. And if you think about it so much, of whatever we try to master in life, any skill is built upon, first, a solid foundation of basics. Whether in music, it's the basics of, of um, the scales and being able to read music well and know how, how to play the notes. Whether it is in what's close to my heart, ice skating, knowing the certain basic strokes and kinds of moves on which every fancy spin and double and triple and quadruple jump depends, whether it is an education, a very solid basic foundation of principles and ideas. And so just as on the mat in Aikido or in the practice of yoga or in the practice of life, having a solid foundation for us, a lot of that has to do with our spiritual principles and practices. Do we know what they are? And then do we do everything that we can to live by them? This idea that there's one presence and one power in the universe. Call it God, call it the force, call it life, call it the universe, whatever you want. Building our life on the awareness of that, that it is no, doesn't play favorites, that there is within each of us a divine spark, a divine presence. We didn't put it there. It's there because we are the offspring of the one. When we get that as our principle, one of our core principles, foundational principles, it impacts the way we talk to each other. It impacts the decisions we make. It impacts the second chances we give people, the way we look at one another, the way we hold ourselves. Anyway, those are just two of the principles we have of the five. But the foundational ideas and building one's life on that, going back to those foundations, is so important, especially when we're at a, a, a situation in our lives that feels unfamiliar or that feels stressful or frightening, <clears throat> excuse me, or worrisome, to have that foundation, to have that core. And we looked at that. And last week, we looked at the other, another shape in Aikido, which is the shape of the triangle, which is all about 
entering. It's all about initiating. It's all about not pulling back from life, not pulling away in fear, but being able to go forward in a very mindful, very concrete, very deliberate way. We talked about the idea of how many times we make things so much bigger in our minds, right? There's something looming in front of us, a decision we have to make, or an action we need to take, or something that feels frightening. And instead of eventually getting up off our affirmations and up off of our chairs and going right into it, we keep thinking about it over and over and over. Have any of you ever done that? Of course, we've all done that. We've all done that. Our thinking can take us only so far. That's a really important idea to grab hold of. Our thinking can only take us so far. And then eventually we have to get in and face and meet whatever it is. That's the triangle. That's the forward movement in, in Aikido. And I took liberty as I was working with this idea. I thought, well, what else did I see on the mat? What else did I kind of feel in my body? And, and did it have a shape? And for me, the answers were yes. And it was this idea of the spiral. The idea of the spiral. You know, a spiral is an open curve, unlike, unlike a circle or an ellipse that is closed, a spiral is an open curve. And it can be on a flat plane or it can be on an inclined plane. And I thought about what I saw on the mat and what I attempted to be able to get better at practicing, this movement of, of rotation, this idea of using the life force, of using the life energy. And as I was thinking about this idea and thinking about the spiral, I decided to do a little bit of research. Is there any history about the spiral? Do you know that there is? Maybe you knew. I didn't know. I didn't know. But it is an ancient symbol that's found on every continent, on every continent, and found most often at burial sites. Think about that for a moment, a spiral. And what it is believed about that, the, the reason it's suggested and believed, anthropologists say, is because it kind of evokes the feeling of the life-death-rebirth cycle, right? The spiral, the spiral, ever rotating, ever moving upward. I remember a dear ministerial friend and colleague of, of mine, her name is, was Mary. We would talk about how sometimes we would find ourselves deep in our spiritual practice experiencing some of the same problems we'd had before and how frustrating that would be. And she said at one point, but you know what? I'm frustrated and confused at a higher level. <laughs> and I think she's right. I think she's right. You know, we, when we have this foundation and we work with these ideas to the best of our ability, life still happens to us. But it's like we've taken another turn around the spiral, maybe just upward a little bit more so that, yeah, we're still dealing with stuff, but from a different plane from a different perspective. So anyway, it's an ancient symbol that's found on all of the, the continents, most often in, in burial sites. It's also spiritually suggests the idea of growth, evolving, and awakening. Growth, evolving, and awakening. It's also a very functional shape. Do you know that? It's a very functional shape. Um, it's found in screws and augers. Think about it for a moment. 
What is a screw? It is a spiral on an inclined plane wrapped around a cylinder. Oh boy, I'm in dangerous territory with my friend Daryl Rogers sitting over here. And I understand that a screw is even called a simple machine, right? Daryl is one of the greatest handymen on the planet. Anyway, anyway, when you look at a screw, what's the purpose of a screw? We think, oh yeah, to put things together, right? But let me make sure I say it right, especially since I have someone here who's far wiser than I am about it. So the spiral in the shape of, of a screw, an ordinary simple screw, is very efficient. It's efficient. It's efficient because the shape helps to amplify force by converting rotational motion into linear motion. So you're turning it, right? And the force that you use, the torque you use to turn the screw because of the spiral, because of the plane, it reduces some of the friction so that your power is transferred into more efficient use. Would you like to be more efficient in your life? Right? Think about a spiral staircase. I was thinking about this as well. You know, my mind was going in so many different directions as I was learning these, these simple simple concepts. Think about a spiral staircase. It's efficient, right? Why is it efficient? It's efficient because it does what? It optimizes space. It optimizes space. And so I'm thinking of all of these things and thinking about this idea of, of cultivating awareness and, and this idea of the life force. The very term Aikido means I, Aikido, the first syllable, I, means harmony. Ki means life force. And Do means the way. And so it is the way, <clears throat> it is a way of harmony with the life force, the life energy. Ki is the term for the life energy in Japanese. Chi means the same thing in Chinese. The life force. Think about that for a moment. That's you. That's me. We have an animating life force within us. In Aikido, the practice of cultivating chi or cultivating ki and being aware of it is very important in developing higher expressions of the technique. And students trained to become more aware of this life energy and how to direct it. But beyond Aikido, because you're not practicing Aikido, I don't think you are, and I'm certainly not practicing it, but I'm trying to practice my life better. Are any of you trying to practice your life better? Of course you are. That's why you're here. That's why you tune in, because we want to practice our life better. And so there's application to this idea of Qi, or this idea of qi, perhaps as I say the word qi, you think about the use of that in Chinese medicine, right? The life force, the life energy, the belief that, that the life energy can be improved by improving one's qi, and that when there is an imbalance in the life force, an imbalance in the life energy, one becomes ill. This idea of ki or this idea of chi, this idea of the life force, is also part of the practice of, say, Zen, Zen mindfulness meditation, where it's used to really be able to bring clarity to one's thinking. Is that helpful? 
I think absolutely. This idea of life force is not woo-woo. It's not airy-fairy. You know how sometimes in some of our metaphysical stuff, we uh, the periphery, sometimes it can feel a little airy-fairy. Anybody feel? I'm, I'm too much of a practical person, and, you know, and I relate to Charles Fillmore, our, our co-founder, who said, you know, take what I say, but test it. Don't, don't just take it and believe it because I say it. Take it and test it. Take the principles and the ideas and see if they actually work in, in your life. They should be practical. They should bring about some sort of positive, measurable change and improvement. Our life force, our life energy, this chi, this ki, is real, is real. One of the most powerful demonstrations of it, I think, is a very simple one. And you might find it fun to do, you know, after church today or, or with a friend or, or, or a loved one. And it is needy two people. One person puts their arm out. The other person tries to push their arm down. And if I've got my arm out, I'm the person who's trying to resist you as you're pushing my arm down. And depending upon the size difference between us and depending upon the, um, our, our uh, physical strength, you know, some might be able to resist a little bit more than somebody else. I remember Tom Crum, who I've talked about in this series before. He was an Aikido master. He wrote the book, The Magic of Conflict. He would go around the country teaching at a corporate level the principles of Aikido applied in, in business. And I remember him doing this experiment with us to help us really understand that this life energy is a real thing. And so he had us partnered up just in the same way I just described. And we all felt what it was like to resist that person putting arms down. And some of us were a little more successful than others. And then he had us repeat the exercise. And he said, OK, put your arm up. And now I want you to imagine that on the other side of the room, but not too far from you, is your child. And there is a fire that is coming near them and about to consume them. And I want you to imagine that your arm is not your arm, but your arm is a fire hose. And I want you to imagine that you are directing as much water through your arm as you possibly can to reach your child to save your child's life. That's the only thing I want you to do. I just want you to imagine that your arm is a fire hose with gushing water directed at your child to save your child's life. And then he instructed the person that was going to push the arm down to push the arm down as hard as they could. And it was unbelievable the difference that the person who had their arm out, imagining that it was a fire hose of water to protect their child, how much stronger they were. What changed? Did they suddenly get bigger muscles? Did they suddenly gain mass? physical power in the way that we usually measure it? No. It was this thing that we all have, this life force, this life energy. But we were being told in that moment in a very specific and very deliberate way what to do with it. And that made all the difference in the world. Made all the difference in the world. As I think about that, I think about Myrtle Filmer, the co-founder of our unity movement. I'd have to go back and drill down into some of her writings because I don't know if she actually talked about or used the word key 
or chi, but in her success in healing her body of tuberculosis. She was in her 40s. She had been given uh, six months to live. And she was told that she was going to die of tuberculosis, something that was very, very common in, in that day and age. And she was determined. She was a mom. She was determined to find something that was going to help her. And without going into a whole history of it, which included things she learned and heard and affirmations she started to use, but what she also started to do was to direct the energy, the life energy in her body toward healing. Because all throughout her life, she had been focusing on that life energy in a completely different way. She had been raised to think of herself as kind of a weakling. But here she was being told something different. And she changed not only the story she was telling in her head. That was an important changing point. Not only the story she was telling in her head, but she started to work with this life energy in a very concrete and very deliberate way. She would talk to her body. She would talk to the cells in her body. She would visualize and imagine the life energy coursing through her body nourishing and feeding all of the cells of her body. In two years, she healed herself of tuberculosis. She lived into her late 80s. It's this life force. And so on a practical level, when we think about exercising poise under pressure, when we think about this idea of cultivating awareness and connection in life, we want to be aware of this tremendous force of life energy that every single one of us has. We, have, we may not be deliberately using it as much as we can, but that's either our ignorance of the fact that we can use it and direct it, or we've just not done it. But we have that capacity to think about and be aware of this life force, this life energy. In the days of the Fillmore's, and I think probably in the days of Ernest Holmes as well, there was a word quickening that was very popular that you read in early metaphysical writings of quickening the life energy, quickening the life, life force. It's the same idea here. It's activating, it's amplifying that which is already within you. I think about it in, in a couple of ways. I think about this life force and I think about the imagery of a spiral. And to me, it is about being a radiating center of something positive. Imagine if we all took on as a mission every day to be a radiating center of love and peace, not just to hold the thought for ourselves, but to actually feel that we are a pulsating radiating, generating center of love and peace. What might that be like? Certainly it can't hurt us, right? Probably feel really, really good. And who knows the energy? Because there's so much between us. Just because it looks like there's space that's empty, it's not empty. It's not empty. We feel one another. And the more we grow spiritually, the more aware and sensitive we become, the more we feel that subtle energy. We feel it sometimes if we come into a place like this where prayer and consciousness have been a steady practice, we can feel the lingering of that energy. So anyway, to 
use this in a practical way could simply be a commitment to say, I'm going to practice for a few minutes every day to be this radiating center, to imagine something positive emanating from me in 360 degrees. Another way is to use it very much in a deliberate, focused way of directing your life energy directly and specifically towards someone or something. Think of the early days of like hands-on healing or of Think Today, Healing Touch and Reiki. There's an element of this in that, right? The direction of that life energy specifically towards someone that you perhaps have been told are in need of healing. And then on completely different level, but back to the shape, as I think about the spiral and its efficiency and its optimization of, of space, I think, how can I, with my life force and my life energy, be simplified in how I do things? Instead of making them more complex and, and taking more energy and internal resources, how can I simplify it in a way that I can be more effective? So I hope that there's at least an idea or two, a nugget in here for you that you go, you know, I think I can try this. Or I think those words or that visual or that concept is something that I can use in this relationship or in that situation. That is always at the heart of anything that I do with my talks with you. It is to share with you things that have helped me that I'm still working to apply in the sincere hope that there's something that you can take that will be helpful to you in whatever it is that you're working toward. You might be working to birth a really great dream, or you might be just wanting to get on the other side of a pretty big problem. But either way, I hope there's something helpful to you. Namaste.